So the next quiz is on cardiology, um, specifically kind of a look at um, paediatric cardiology. And this is a topic that uh, many people struggle with in exams and kind of look back on an exam and wish, oh, you know, I wish I'd known a little bit more about cardiology. And really, I suppose the, the easiest way of, of approaching this is to look at some of the associations and the kind of the barn door histories and giveaway um, questions. It's basically what the 10 questions today are about, is it's not going to teach you everything about cardiology, but more what to focus on with picking the correct option in an exam and what to look out for. So the first question is, we'll start by saying question number one. Okay. There is a child with known tetralogy of fallow who has progressive agitation, cyanosis, okay, and may even be, you know, having episodes of kind of um, being very, very fussy and irritable and may even change colour, so go pale or blue in these episodes. So what are these characteristic spells called? Okay, or these episodes called intertrology of fallow. What are these characteristic episodes called intertrology of fallow? For question number one. So, for question number one, tetralogy of fallow is really four cardiac malformations. So you have got pulmonary stenosis, You've got right ventricular hypertrophy. You've got an overriding aorta and you've got a ventricular septal defect. So they're the four things you're looking for in tetralogy of fallow. Um, they are at risk of, normally because of an infundibular spasm, they can have things called hypersynotic spells or TET spells. And the first kind of management of it is to assume the knee chest position and actually what this does is this increases your systemic vascular resistance okay and diverts blood back um helping with these high hypersynotic spots other things such as morphine um can help as well and whether oxygen therapy um is what is needed a few things for tetralogy of fallow for exams before we move on to another topic so question number one we said it's tetralogy of fallow is hypersynotic or tet spell um you may hear a murmur over the pulmonic area so that's your pulmonary stenosis okay you may see um a boot-shaped heart which is quite characteristic on chest x-ray that they always like asking in exams so there are a few other things to look out for okay so that's question number one. So question number two. Okay. Question number two. So first few days of life, a newborn has respiratory distress, distress a lot of tachypnea, decreased urine output and weak pulses in all limbs. So arms and legs with no murmur. Okay. So what this 
what do you think the diagnosis would be for question number two? Bearing in mind, I've said that um, we have got a metabolic component, so possibly a metabolic acidosis with decreased urine output. Question number two. So question number two is most probably hypoplastic left heart syndrome because you've got weak pulses in all four limbs. Um, and this is as the ductus arteriosus begins to close that this all happens. As the ductus begins to close, this all begins to happen. Coaptation of the aorta can present um, with congestive heart failure, okay? Poor feeding, a metabolic acidosis, but will tend to give you, um, at least in exams, reduced perfusion of the legs. So after the um, co-optation, rather than all four limbs, all four limbs, and they tend to make a point in an exam of there being no murmur. I mean, you don't always get a murmur in co-optation, um, but with co-optation of the aorta, um, it's important to, to be aware of that. With co-optation, you can get a murmur, but that's normally in conjunction with another cardiac defect. It's not necessarily the co-optation itself that causes the murmur. So anyway, that would be co-optation of the aorta. Question number three, what medication would you give if someone had um, a duct-dependent lesion, for example, co-optation of the aorta? What medication would you give for question number three? For question number three, you want to keep the duct open. So you would give prostaglandin E1 or prostin. You would not give indomethacin um, or ibuprofen or any of those um, COX inhibitors because they would close the ductus. So prostaglandin, if you want to keep the duct open, if you want to electively medically close it, um, you can look at things like indomethacin, um, ibuprofen, things like that. So that's question number three, done and dusted. Question number four, what is the most common cardiac lesion associated with Down syndrome? Question number four, you've got a patient in the exam with Down syndrome, trisomy 21. What's the most common cardiac lesion for question um, number four? So the most common cardiac lesion is an endocardial cushion defect. Um, in an exam, this may be phrased in another way, what's the most common one, that be an AVSD, so atrioventricular septal defect. So um, what we've done so far, we've talked about tetralogy of fallow, we've talked about hyperplastic left heart syndrome, we've talked about co-optation, and we've talked about how to keep a duct open, okay? So we, and now we've talked about an endocardial Cushing defect. Question number six, what's the most common cardiac lesion associated with Turner syndrome? Question number six, what's the most common cardiac lesion associated with Turner syndrome? The answer for question number six is a bicuspid aortic valve. Other aortic problems such as co-optation of the aorta are common cardiac defects in Turner syndrome. Question number seven, what's the most common cardiac lesion associated with Williams syndrome? What's the most common cardiac lesion associated with Williams syndrome. These patients will tend to have um, problems with calcium homeostasis and the most common cardiac lesion associated with Williams is supravalvular aortic stenosis. Okay. 
Question number eight, what is the most common cardiac lesion associated with Noonan syndrome? What's the most common cardiac lesion with Noonan syndrome? Is the answer for question number eight would be pulmonary stenosis. Question number nine, does George syndrome or 22Q112 deletion is associated with corotruncal defects or conotruncal defects, which are your tetralogy of fallow? Okay. And question number 10, what is the most common cardiac lesion associated with lithium teratogenicity? So mother is on lithium, which anomaly is associated with this? Okay, so question number 10 would be Epstein anomaly, okay, which is a downward displacement of the tricuspid valve, which is associated with lithium teratogenicity. And it can also, Epstein anomaly can give you um, recurrent episodes of supraventricular tachycardia. We will have a separate quiz on murmurs specifically and the different types of murmurs. But for the time being, that has been 10 questions on paediatric cardiology. And we will move on and talk about um, some of the other things, um, specifically more murmurs and other problems. But today it's kind of been a general 10 questions to highlight any areas that you may want to go back over from and have a look at. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>